transforming trauma into triumph, an inspiring journey of healing with Chanel Lobo. In this inspiring interview, we sit down with her, a healer who specializes in a variety of modalities, including hypnotherapy, life coaching, Reiki, breathwork, and trauma therapy. Chanel shares her incredible journey of healing, which began when she was just a young girl. Raised by a hardworking mother who worked multiple jobs, she experienced abuse and trauma that left her feeling depressed and isolated. But despite these challenges, she persevered, completing multiple degrees and raising two children as a single mother. In this video, she explains why healing is so important and why it goes beyond simply coping and managing symptoms. She shares how her healing journey has transformed her life, allowing her to release negative energy and beliefs, reclaim her power and identity, and step into her higher self. Chanel also discusses the different modalities she uses in her practice and how working with her can make healing an enjoyable and transformative experience. If you've ever wondered why healing is necessary or how it can transform your life, this interview is a must watch. Chanel's story is a testament to the power of healing and the importance of trusting yourself and your intuition. Tune in to learn more about how you can start on your own healing journey. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show, where you're about to go on a wellness-driven ride. Ever heard of Stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of Stoicism with a lowercase s and not Stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference, all that is Stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a three times a week podcast teaching Stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it. I'm excited to introduce our guest for you today. Chanel Lobo was a social worker for over 10 years in the areas of mental health, child protection, crisis support, homelessness, and addictions. However, she felt that systemic barriers hindered her ability to truly support people in the way that they deserved. This realization led her to make the difficult decision to leaving her career and starting her own practice that prioritizes sustainable change, healing, and transformation. 
Drawing from her own healing journey, Chanel offers a space for individuals to release their past, reclaim their power, and reconnect with their true selves using healing modalities that have helped her. She believes that everything needed to live a life of love, joy, and fulfillment is waiting to be uncovered with each individual. Please help me welcome Chanel Lobo. Hi, Chanel. Hey, April. That was so nice to hear. I was just receiving all of that. <laughs> oh, my pleasure. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show. We're so excited to hear your story today. You have a really incredible journey that you have gone on, which brings you to this incredible space and wisdom to help others. So without further ado, let's hear it. Would you love to share some of your story? Uh, yes, sure. So my name is Chanel. Um, at this point in my life, I would call myself a healer. I really um, have sort of claimed that term. Like I'm, I'm, I've integrated that. I'm, I'm okay with using that term. I know some people have some issues with that word, but I really feel comfortable with it. Um, I'd help people heal themselves. And I remember I went to go see a medium oh, years back and she told me I was a healer and I was like, no, I'm not, I'm a leader. And I was like really opposed to this <laughs> healer term. And then as I just started down this path of like, just following my, you know, intuition, following my body, following what was coming up for me, it really led me down this path to becoming a healer. And so that's sort of where I am right now. Ah, uh, you know, Chanel, I can relate with you on so many levels. As I hear you speaking, I, I myself came from a law enforcement background. So wanting to help. Right. Mm -hmm. And yet my mom was a nurse growing up and I'm like, no, I don't want to help that way. <laughs> I don't want to go into the medical field, but I'll, I'll help outside of that. So I too struggled with kind of that healer uh, word, choice of wording. And at the same time, I know that's within me as well. So that is really cool. And I think that definitely you can call yourself a healer if that is what your experience, if the proof is there and the results are there, then absolutely you have earned that title. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about what, what led you there and what made you decide that, you know, and embrace that this was kind of the possibility for you? Yeah. So it's interesting um, because I actually also went to school to be a police officer. So I did two years um, college diploma in police foundations to be a police. And my mom also is a registered practical nurse. So just like some <laughs> <laughs> overlap there of what you're saying. Yeah. Um, and so I would say what led me down this path, honestly, was just feeling like I just wasn't, I, I just wasn't feeling like this was who I was in, in my experience. I was sad, depressed. Like I, I was looking back, I was definitely depressed. I didn't realize that at the time, but I was definitely sad, lonely, super introverted. So always in my head and just feeling like I didn't belong anywhere. Mm. Um, there was a time where I was walking to, like I would, like you said, my mom worked two, sometimes three jobs. So I basically raised my two siblings. My dad wasn't present. I actually ended up meeting him 
later I found him in the phone book when I was like 14. I looked him up in the phone book. When phone books existed. When phone books were a thing. Yeah. And looked up in the phone book and met him that way. But I was walking, I was 11 or 12 and I was walking to the Tim Hortons in where I'm in Canada. We have Tim Hortons here and to meet my friend. And I remember looking up at the sky and just saying like, God, what is this place? Like, where am I? Who, what is ha- who are these people? Cause everything just seemed so chaotic, so unhappy, so, dark and I just felt like I just needed some information and then when I got to the Tim Hortons randomly this person just came up to me and gave me this card and it said um it was there's a bible verse on it and it said when you call he shall answer you are never alone something along those lines it was a long Mm. time and that was the first time I remember feeling like oh my goodness like someone's listening like I'm not alone like I was like how did who heard me say that and it was like that moment where I really felt I think before that too I knew but that moment I felt like there was just something more that we were connected to that I was connected to. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I had my son when I was 19 um, and I was parenting him myself and I was in college at that time where I was really like guided to listen to myself on the inside. Things on the outside just weren't adding up to me in so many ways. The, pol- the system, the just so many things weren't adding up. And so I just started listening to myself on the inside. And it was like that, that time period of having my son at that age where I was really like, okay, I have information inside of me that's speaking to me and I'm going to start to follow that. And then that sort of led me down this spiritual path um, and I'll kind of stop there. But like, that was like what led me towards quality and my intuition. Well, I tell you what, Chanel, there was a reason I was drawn to you when you wrote down your story a little bit for me because I too had my first child at 19, didn't think I was supposed to have kids. That's what they said. (laughs) So same thing. And dad wasn't around. So very familiar backgrounds, you and I. Yeah. And what I'm super curious about now, if we can jump right into it, I would love to know some of the first experiences you had with your intuition and what you were hearing and listening and tuning into. Yes. So it's interesting because I would say the first experiences were um, like maybe lies revealed. So it was almost Mm -hmm. like things that I had been taught were you, you're gone off my screen now. So I just want to make sure you're still there. Nope, you're good. Okay, you're, right. you're just front and center, girl. Okay, okay. So things that I had been taught growing up in terms of I, I grew up Christian in a Catholic or in a Catholic school, and just things that I had been taught weren't really adding up for me. And it was really that kind of experience of like what was being offered to me from the outside wasn't resonating on the inside. Mm. And as much as I would even try to make those just make it fit, it just it, what physically and intuitively wasn't landing. And so I started to just explore that and see, okay, well, what was coming up for me? What did feel true? And that's when I got to learn. And when I started to follow that information inside, um, like specifically around just uncovering my own connection to spirituality, reclaiming that experience for what it meant for me and redefining it. When I started to do that, things really started to open up for me in a, in a lot of different ways, including um, Reiki and being able to read energy and 
um, move people's energies and, and heal with energy. Like that really opened up for me when I started to listen to what was coming up inside of me and sort of reclaim that spiritual space through what felt um, true for me, if that makes sense. Yeah. I And I really love that. And you started coming into this at a fairly young age, but you really started listening to your body. And like you said, things just started to open up and align for you. I think that's beautifully said. And especially for the audience, when we actually start listening to our bodies and what doesn't internally feel right or something feels off, then to maybe pay more attention to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was definitely the coming together of outside and inside and the discomfort of what that was like when I tried to bring that in and my body was just like pushing it out. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't allowing me to integrate something that didn't feel like truth for me. And, and then that's really what brought me into, okay, what is my truth? And then that's how the healing started because in, as we're doing our healing journey, we'll find that a lot of the things that we believe about ourselves are actually not true about ourselves. Like, you know, I'm not good enough or, um, all of those different things that we have come to believe about ourselves aren't, are actually not true. And so we have to actually heal all of those lies about not being good enough, not being worthy, not being whatever those things are. So we can actually connect with our truth and then line up with that truth and then live life through that way. Cause right now it's very confusing when the world tells you to be a certain way and then you're believing all these lies about you. So it's, it's difficult to discover, like, do I align with this or do I not align with this? Cause we're kind of so far away from our truth and from who we are. Mm, yeah. And a high percentage of what we tell ourselves is not, not great for us. Right. And it is this journey of trying to change that the way that we speak to ourselves. And that is a lot of work. So I'm curious, Chanel, do you have certain things that you do to help align you in a different direction. I know that you've talked about Reiki a little bit, but what else is it that are things that you utilize, the tools in the tool belt, so to speak? Yes. So I, 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 the first night count for me when you said that, and that's actually one of the things that I do is I listen to what's coming up for me. And so information, you, you'll kind of notice it rises from here or it, com or it comes in our mind. And I really pay attention to what's rising up from inside of my body versus like what I'm thinking about. Even mm -hmm. when I'm talking to clients, I'll say what's coming up for you. Cause it's all, it's a different, it puts our attention in a different spot than what are you thinking? Cause now I'm putting, going to my head, which yeah. our head is, you know, kind of like a computer program. So it's not necessarily my own truths, but when I go to what's coming up for me is like what's rising from inside my heart, my soul, my spirit kind of space. <clears throat> so I do ask myself what's coming up for me. Um, I, I reduce external noise a lot. So I don't do so much input from outside of me as much as I do going into myself. So whether that's through meditation, through walking, um, through me speaking out loud, like once I did that when I was 11 and I was speaking out loud to the universe, to God, I was like, oh, someone's listening. So I do that a lot now where I go and walk and I'll actually speak out things out loud. Um, but it's definitely a process of, reducing the external noise as much as I can, whether that's through meditation, through going inside, through journaling, and then seeing what is coming up from inside of me. So that's, that's, but that also required a lot of clearing out because the first time I sat down to meditate, what was inside of me was like pain and heartache and, 
and you know trauma and so i actually had to go inside of there to see those things to heal them and then mm -hmm. now when i go inside it's it's my truth it's a little cleaner in there huh it's, exactly <laughs> I, I literally see it as like clearing out you know like yeah where it's like now i go inside and there and it's just me in there or there's still obviously work to do, but there's, I can feel myself in there where before it was like, you know, tightness in my chest and just, mm. you know, negative self-talk and pain and memories. And, and so it's difficult to go inside when all of that is in there. And I find when I'm working with clients, they're afraid that that is who they are. And I'm like, no, 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 like right. that is the healing. That's what needs to be healed. Who you are is underneath that. Yeah, absolutely. You bring up so many good points. I love that you um, have acknowledged and stated that you have to do kind of the dirty work, the clean, the, the you know, get down on that elbows and knees and do the, the cleaning, right? And mm -hmm. if, if we want to term it that way, but you have to work with all of the things that are deep down and get to the root cause of why we're thinking and feeling this way consistently. Mm -hmm. And then it's, it's a consistent journey of maintaining, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, you come into this filthy environment, you clean it up. And in order for it to stay that way, it's the maintenance that you have to do on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. uh, so I love that you bring that up. And uh, tell me some more about some of the experiences of, of how you got there and the experiences of you, you talked a little bit about your, your childhood and that's really where you had to do a lot of that healing. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. So, you know, my childhood, when I think about my childhood, I think more of the trauma <laughs> than the healing. And so it was, it was interesting because it was an experience of like bad things happening from the outside but then always me feeling like this doesn't feel right on the inside. Like this isn't life. This isn't how things are supposed to be. But then as a child, not really knowing what do I do about that? How do I make changes with that? And so I really just like what was just in myself all the time, in my mind, in myself, very introverted a lot of the time. But and I think that is also part of what kind of um, I would say saved me. I kind of think about I had this image of like, you know, my younger self holding my spirit like a football and like running through my childhood and then being like, okay, now you're free, like go heal. And so there was like a protective thing when I would go inside of myself and just be in my thoughts and be with myself. It was very self-preserving. Um, so there, that part, I also, I always thank my younger self for just being so self-preserving and just always keeping a little piece of herself so that when she was able to come out and be safe, that she could then go and heal that. Um, but definitely, you know, my childhood, I was, like I said, I raised my siblings. My dad wasn't present. My mom was, you know, stressed out and working a bunch of jobs, of like, you know, mm -hmm. doing what she had to do. And I was, a, I was not a protected kid. So there was a lot of ability to have access in terms of like, just emotional abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, like those things. I just was able to, my parents weren't home or they weren't around. And so I wasn't safe in that way. And that was one of the things actually that I, when I was little, I, I, my dream was to become a child protection worker because I wanted to make sure that other kids were mm. protected. And so mm -hmm. that was one of the things that I ended up doing when I got older. Um, but in terms of the healing, the healing I would say actually started 
when I had my son and I really realized, okay, now I have this little child here that I did not plan for that feels like he was a gift, you know, from God. Mm -hmm. I just knew right I, right away. I was like, this baby is here and I, he's supposed to be here. I had no doubts about it. I just kind of was like, I got to figure out how to do this. Um, and I just remembered things, you know, that I needed from my mom or that I wish I had as a child. I was always at work. And so I really was like, okay, I don't want it. I want to be home when my kid's home. Like I want to be present for him. And so I just started to kind of notice what parts of me needed to heal in order to show up fully for my son. Mm. And that kind of like continued on. And then I had my daughter who was five now and the same kind of thing. She was very much a projection. She's a mini version of me. So very much able to see, okay, what projections are coming back at me and what parts of me are needing to heal in order to fully show up for my daughter. And so my kids were like, I attribute so much to them in regards to like where I am now and my healing and like the purpose of that and what drove me to do that. Absolutely. I agree with that hundred percent. It's amazing how we really, can change ourselves and show up in a totally different way when we're thinking and living for other people and we want to show up in the best way possible. So it really helps us gear and change direction. So when we have our children, uh, our first child, we really learn what to die for means. And so I get that. And I wanted to make uh, a mention of you, you talked about cleaning up from the inside out, but I want to talk a little bit about your idea of environmental factors and curious what you learned during your time, you know, going into the, uh, the criminal justice world, so to speak. And, but it looks like you have a very clean environment around you. You know, what is your experience with that dealing with clients and what I, from my experience, if I could share for a moment, but I noticed when I was out in the field that the more chaotic their environment, the more chaotic the lives and things that were happening for them. Mm -hmm. What's your experience with that? Yeah, the first like the first thing that comes up is um, my work with homeless youth. I I was a street outreach worker with homeless youth, so I would like with a backpack and supplies like go out and find the youth in the forest or wherever they were. Um, and the, 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 I always found it interesting of like their ability to function in such a high level of chaos where it was like, it was almost like they were comfortable in that mm. state. And like, they knew, like even my clients, when I think of like my child protection clients, like they functioned well. When we would try to put them in housing that was, you know, more structured or put together, they were having a hard time functioning in that space. Like they almost were so used to the chaos that they were actually functioning better in the chaos because it's how it's just what they were used to. It's how they were familiarity. Yeah, it's what they're familiar with. Yeah. And so like for me growing up in the, in the chaos, I was always opposed to it. So I love a clean knife. It really helps me my outside environment and my inside environment. I like them to be clean and pretty <laughs> and, yeah. but but you know but that's because I just noticed that what was happening outside of me was not matching what was happening inside of me where I think for a lot of people who maybe are not on that healing journey or haven't done that 
the inside and the outside are looking a lot the same. And so they're feeling real when their inside is chaotic and their outside is clear, it's not matching for them. So when their inside is chaotic and their outside is chaotic, they feel right at home. And I found that with a lot of my homeless youth, my child protection clients, they were chaotic inside, they were chaotic outside, but it felt like it resonated. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have had similar experiences and they're, they're what we would call the cycle of abuse. Right. And you just, you keep wrapping around and you keep going back to what's familiar. It's yeah. crazy and interesting. And, and some of the things that I experienced, most of our calls were domestic violence. So mm -hmm. we would be working with people and giving them resource after resource after resource. And they're in this insane, crazy, distraught, chaotic world, and they didn't want to accept the handouts, the help, the resources. Like, you can get out of this. Here's a place you can go. They will never find you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's it's just this the cycle that continues yeah. to loop. It's fascinating to me. And, and that's why I just one more point on that. That's why I love the sustainability of healing because we will try to change our external environment and that won't, it's not sustainable because our internal environment still feels chaotic. And so I was finding, I was like a hamster on a wheel with clients where I'm like, here's resources, here's this, here's this, but it doesn't matter what I offer to them because inside they still felt exactly the same. And so this practice that I have, I, I feel so good where I'm allowed to, I'm able to go into clients and help them clear their inner environment. And then slowly, I would say everything is starting from the self. So everything you're having out here is starting from in here. So if we go in and clear this first, then your external environment will start to change and grow with what your internal environment. So that's what I was finding was sort of backwards and not, there was no ability to do with clients because of time constraints and all those different things. We couldn't really sit down and heal, you know, like yeah. it was always a crisis. And so I love the space because it allows me to heal from the inside out, as opposed to the system is very much outside in, or maybe if we even get to the in, you know, like they're more like, give them a house, but that's not really the answer because their whole in, internal world is still upside down. I agree. So the audience is definitely in for a treat between the two of us really <laughs> coming from these similar backgrounds. And I would love to share, I had a guest, his name is uh, Derek Kayongo and uh, he's incredible, prolific. You should look him up. But Derek, he talked about and shared that the issues in Africa, when we continue to give and put all of these finances, backing of finances into it, it's not solving the problem. And just like you said, it starts from within. So I love the, um, the name you gave to your business. It makes perfect sense. It's a similar idea that I came into some conclusions to and of when I was working with other people. It all starts from within. So I just put your website on the, the screen here. Self-Centered is the name of Chanel's business. And it, it just really is starting to come together on why that is, how that is. And thank you so much for sharing. We'll move into our first commercial. And when we get back, I can't wait to hear a little bit more. Stay tuned.
Hello, everyone. Welcome to Candy Apple Advocacy, the podcast for parents who want to advocate for their children's education. I'm Jim Mallard, and I'm here with my wife, Tabby. We've been through the trenches of raising kids in the school system and know how tough it can be, but we also know how essential it is to advocate for your child and their education. That's why we started this podcast, to share our experiences and insights with other parents to help them become more effective advocates for their children. On this podcast, we'll talk about everything from general education, general school advice, the school choices you have available to you, different education styles, individualized education plans, 504s, and all those key terms that you've heard but don't know what they are. We'll talk to experts. We'll also talk to parents and hear their stories. We'll share our stories with you and give you tools you need to be a strong advocate for your child and yourself. Whether you're a new parent or have been in the game for a while, we invite you to join our community. Let's advocate together. So welcome back. And so Chanel, you have some really cool stories. Some You came to some really incredible realizations. You went into policing and then you decided that wasn't quite right. You went into social work and decided that system isn't quite right either. If you want to go into a little bit more and share some light on why you felt that was, let's do that. Okay. So 10 years of social work. Yeah. <laughs> good went, amount of time. You, you know a little bit. That was a long time. And I went from, so I did my undergraduate, like I was saying with my son, I did, I was, I originally was like, I'm going to be a police. And then I got pregnant and was like, these hours are not going to work as a single mother that wants to be present for my son. I'm, I cannot do policing. And then even as I went through that education, I remember feeling like, is no one confused by the system structure here? Like, I just thought, I it blew my mind how a lot of it didn't make sense. It, it's like a, a tangled web. And it just was not making a lot of sense to me. Um, and so then I did my undergraduate. Um, and from there, I went into more youth services, working with pregnant youth, um, different, various youth services. But again, I was finding that my, I, there were so many barriers to, to support. I was doing a lot of advocating, doing a lot of, you know, having to like, you know, go behind things and like do diff things I wasn't supposed to do because like to actually get, you know, proper services or proper work for the clients, I had to go above and beyond because it just wasn't set up to support in the way that I truly felt people needed and deserved to be supported. And you mentioned the cycle. And one thing I found over the 10 years was I went, I did a lot of different things from child protection to housing, to, to court, to crisis support. To, and I was coming across the same families in all yeah. of that. And I, and you know, from, from grandparents to grandchildren all, and I was like, this is such obvious like reason that this is not working. If we have entire generations of families in the system still, the system is obviously not serving. If we are going from grandparents to grandchildren still in the same system, to me, it was just so mind blowing that no one could look at that and say, this isn't working, <laughs> you know, yeah. like we need to do something different. And so when I, I, when I was at my last child protection job, this was just before COVID hit, I was like, I just, every day I was like, I need, I can't be here. I need to leave. And so I was listening to a podcast actually, which my love of podcasts, cause I knew that I wanted to do my own thing, but I didn't believe that I could yet. So I was in like the reprogramming of my mind. So I was listening to stories of people who had been where I was and had done their, started their own business. And every day I was just listening to these podcasts. And then I gave my, um, and it actually happened after there was a family of five 
and I was trying to get services, trying to get services. There was three kids that were autistic, two um, that had developmental delays. It was a difficult situation, single mom. And I was trying to get services for so long. Finally, it got to the point where it was like, you know, they, they were, I sent some photos and they said I had to apprehend. And I was like, no, no, no. I've been trying to get services for so long. I'm not apprehending these kids. But the way that the system was working, it was like, we're not, we didn't acknowledge the services needed but now you need to take the kids out. And I just was completely against that. Yeah. And so I knew that was my last straw. I needed to leave. And then I gave my resignation and my manager said, it, it's that podcast, isn't it? And I was like, yes, it was. <laughs> I went off and was like, I, I can never return. I will never apply for another job. I need to start my own practice. <laughs> that is hard. It's a very difficult decision to do. Um, and that's why so few make it and do it and push forward with it. It's a very small percentage because uh, it's not easy. And when you're getting that paycheck that's coming in, you know, that feels comfortable and it, you want to stay in that. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it's that sense of security that we all, that's, you know, that first chakra that we all have this innate mm. desire. We have to have that. Yes. And so good for you. Congratulations. You made it this far. You're sharing your journey. And I love your story on all of the why, you know, and, and what you saw and sharing that with us. It's awesome. And I appreciate it personally, because there's so much that I am able to relate to. And all of the things that you see when you're working in those career fields, and you want so badly to help and change and support and realizing that you you just simply can't change people. They have to make that choice for themselves. And it absolutely starts from within. You can't meet it from the outside. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even what's coming up for me as well, like when you're saying, like when you're saying people are like, you know, they're very comfortable with that paycheck and like the root chakra and the safety it was really, again, another experience of like what's coming in from the outside is not matching what's happening on the inside. And it was like, it was just so physically uncomfortable to stay in that space. I couldn't convince mm -hmm. myself to stay there. Like it, and I think that a lot of us have this experience of things are happening on the outside and they're not matching what we're desiring on the inside, but somehow we push it down and we just ignore it and we just don't listen to it. But I would really encourage, you know, anyone listening or who will listen, if something is coming in from your external world and it's not meeting up or feeling comfortable with your internal world, take a look at that because there's information there for you that you can use to then guide you to something that is for you because it really did do that for me. When I left that, that space and I sort of followed what was feeling good when it met with me, though that's really what guided me to where I am now Every, when things would come in and I would be like okay this feels this is aligning with me even if it was you know uncomfortable because of the healing that was required or whatever it felt like it resonated like it, it locked in reiki hypnotherapy all of those things I was like yes this feels really good for my body and my soul and I kind of just followed like when my outside world would be my inside world and they would feel nice that's I followed those things and I think that a lot of times that happens and we just push down what's coming up from inside and we just carry on with what's going on outside. Yeah. And it really causes a big disconnect from our truth and our, and ourselves. 
I think that you just pointed out just a very important message of, you know, you, you took the journey into entrepreneurship and, but you knew that you had a lot of self healing to do first. And regardless of what stage anybody's in, whether you're working for somebody or you're an entrepreneur, it doesn't matter. But when you have this desire to better yourself and make an impact, a greater impact on others, you have to know that, yes, it's going to be a lot of work with you first. And it doesn't just, you don't just jump into being able to help and serve others until you've done that work for yourself. And again, continued work. So I, I really like that you brought that up, that this has been a journey. It sure has. <laughs> and it's, you know, I really think that entrepreneurship, like you're, when you own your own business, it is an expression of you. And so it does, like the deeper you go into yourself, the, the more your business grows, the deeper your business grows. And so it is this experience, like this, like sort of parallel thing of like, you know, you go into yourself and your business expands and you go into yourself and your business expands and they, they do become one in that way. And when your business is stuck, it's probably because there's something inside of you that's stuck. And so it's, it really is, you know, you are really buying into this thing of like, I've, I'm going to go into myself in order for my business to grow. Um, but then it's also, I, I'm, I love, I'm a very big proponent too on integrity. And so the more that I integrate which is, you know, where, what I'm doing, what I'm saying, how I'm showing up, what I'm practicing, what I'm living is lined up with what I'm, what I'm telling my clients or, you know, just how I'm living my life. That to me really strengthens my sense of self, really strengthens who I am. And then that really strengthens my business. So even coming on the show today, this is something that I've, you know, part of what I've really wanted to do is to be able to speak. My truth has been a huge thing for me. So I've been really focused on, clearing out the things that are blocking me from speaking my truth, blocking me from showing up fully as myself so that I could be in these moments because it really is helpful for my self-expression and for other people, for us to be in our fully expressed selves. Uh, yes, I agree with you there. When we are able to share our stories, which is so profoundly healing for us, but coming to a good amount of that healing aspect first prior to so we're able to tell the story clear mm. clearly concisely yes with emotion but not with so much emotion to where it was affecting us greatly prior to right mm. and so i think that's great and know that you have an idea of speaking more and sharing your story more so that's incredible i'm so glad that you're here on this platform and beginning that journey and starting your own podcast soon at some point. Yes, I want to, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're going to do it. I know it. I already see it. And I want to talk a little bit more about some really fun things that have happened on your journey. Now that you've started in this entrepreneurial world, you've got your own business self-centered. How has that gone? What is the transformation you have been making for others? Yeah. So the first thing that comes up to, for me actually is like being able to bring this type of healing to people who maybe wouldn't have received it. So I technically am a master of social work. So I'm a therapist by trade. 
However, most therapy spaces are like very CBT focused, you know, we're getting into somatics now, which I think is really important. But in terms of like the energy and like just the whole concept of like showing up as your true self and we're going to heal based on your truth is something that I think a lot of people haven't experienced. A lot of my clients have been in therapy for years and they're still dealing with things because cerebrally we can't heal everything and so we have to go into the body we have to go into the spirit we have to go into the self and so this i love i'm so excited when i get to like bring this to people who maybe would never experience reiki or hypnotherapy or um breath work or energy work or even conversations of this nature where we're like talking about your truth and your energy and your soul and your spirit and so i love that i can bring that into the therapy space where it might not go to that level. It might stay very, um, very psychological as opposed to like involving the entire mind body system. So that's one thing that I love so much. And then also you mentioned um, having fun. Like I, this work to me is so enjoyable that like when my clients are in this space, like, yes, we're going into like trauma, traumatic spaces, but the session always ends off with love, energy cleared, enjoyment like it is a it is an understanding of like you're going to come home to yourself and you're going to love the person that you find in there and the, mm -hmm. every time they get closer and closer to that it's like exciting where they're you know right. uh, people are afraid that they're going to go inside and be like oh no i'm going to find out that i really am not good enough and i and that is a fear that people have and it's kind of like you're never going to find that out you're going to go past that and you're mm -hmm. going to love exactly who you find in there and as my clients get closer and closer to that every session is like exciting you know like i'm excited for them they're excited so it's a it's an enjoyable space and it's also a very open space where all parts of you are welcome and we're healing with all parts of you so yeah that I, and, and also my ability to like be my full self that's one thing i was like okay how do i be a therapist and not be rigid <laughs> i need to be able to be myself <laughs> in that space and that's been super fun too just to like be my full self yeah i love that um you know, when people are doing what they love and enjoy, that's service to the world, period, mm -hmm. period. And, and I like that you use the wording, go past that. So you're not going to find, well, yeah, you might find that you think you're not good enough for this or that, this identity of your past beliefs, but we're going to move past that yeah. and you're going to love who you find. Mm -hmm. And and that is so cool. I mean, self-love is really one of those main uh, starters where you have to get to is truly loving yourself fully and wholly. Yes. And when clients, when I have a client that says that they don't love themselves or they don't know how to love themselves, and then we start to do work like inner child work, or we start to do work on, you know, usually the inner, the inner child work is like the gateway to self-love because oh, yeah. you are going to give love to that younger version of you. And that's going to move up the timeline to you now. And, you know, you're going to uncover the thing, the lies that you've told or that you misinterpreted of like, you know, I, my, my mom told me to be quiet and I misinterpreted that as like, nobody cares about me. And as we uncover those lies and you really see the truth of the situation, you are going to be able to let that go and then really see, oh, wow, I'm, I was a smart, beautiful, talented, you know, wise young girl or whatever, young boy, whatever that was. And so I really love the journey to discovering, like, I'm not going to love myself or I don't love myself to I love myself so much. Like, I love when clients are able to love themselves and they never 
what could before. Like that's one of my favorite things. It is. And it's pretty fascinating when we journey to that child within us, the the past child, because you come to an understanding that that is a child brain and thought processing. And you're like, when you reflect on that, you're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> wow. Uh, I really did think a certain way because I wasn't able or capable of yeah. thinking otherwise. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, we just, we have no idea until we go there and we go to that point and we, we see it in a totally different perspective. We get a big picture and then we just put love on that child and we're like, okay, what would, you know, the adult mind do in that given circumstance? And mm -hmm. it would not be what it was as a child more, more times than not. Yeah. So it is a really cool thing to do when people are finally led to those moments. Yes. And the releasing, like the, the hypnotherapy is really amazing for that. But our, I mean, our bodies are always speaking to us so we can tune in and have a memory come up just like that, even like, you know, but, but the hypnotherapy is so good for the clearing out the actual like revivifying of the experience and then the finding the truth and then clearing it out from that root. The hypnotherapy is amazing for that. It's one of my favorite things for that, but it really is the emotion that locks in that yeah. negative experience. And then when we clear the emotion, that experience goes with it and it's beautiful. <laughs> it is. It is. I agree with you. So I want to make sure that I put this back up just so everybody knows. I'll just rehash this. So um, Chanel's website is www.self-centered.ca. That's S-E-L-F-C-E-N-T-E-R-E-D.ca. And I just want to invite people to look at her beautiful website. It is so fresh and clean and lovely. And it's, it <laughs> yeah, it's totally, you can see that it's a reflection of you. So I think it's great. I'm excited for people to check that out. Thank you. So do you have any more stories of some of the things and transitions that you've done, whether it be some of the tools that you have learned on your own journey or some of the tools that you have used on your clients and the transformations that they have had? Um, so I'm thinking about in my own journey. So all of the, t the techniques that I use, I used in my own healing and then learned them and then use with clients. And so what actually started me on this healing journey was I was having really bad chest pains, like heart pains to the point where I had to like stretch my heart and my back because it was just so restricted and so tight. And then that pain led me to Reiki. And so my first experience of receiving Reiki was one of just heart opening, you know, immediately I cried, a whole bunch of things came up that I had to, that I had to resolve. So there were some things that were I was holding on to from my past, um, some sexual abuse and some other things that I needed to speak out. And so which which often happens when we move energy, things are going to rise up that are going to require us to express, to heal, to deal with. And so I spoke to my husband about it because that was really the safest person. And, and that was like the person I thought, okay, I need to talk to him about this. And that was sort of the beginning for me of when I, when things rise up in me and I clear them out, I feel better on the inside. And then I started to really 
notice the difference of myself after I had done that. I was more confident. I was, I felt better in my body. I felt better. My mind was clear. So those memories that I, that were kind of replaying weren't there anymore. And so then I was like, okay, this is, this is good. So then I started to do that. Um, I had some things from my childhood with my mom. I had some back issues. Oh, I completely forgot about that. My back was, um, so my root chakra was very stuck, very tight. Just I had back pain forever. And then I started to learn about the chakra system and was like, oh, this is my root. This is my foundation. I have to do some healing here. And so mm -hmm. I did some healing around my relationship with my mom and that really healed my back issues. Also changed how I relate to my mom now you know, in present day. And so I just started to notice that when things were coming up in my body and then I, I dealt with them, whether energetically, whether um, therapeutically, in whatever way, hyp hypnotherapy, then they would clear out and I would feel better and I would feel more aligned and I would feel more like myself. So I kind of kept going on that trajectory. <clears throat> and then even with clients, there's just so many examples, you know, one client who had OCD, another client who had, and so this is kind of an example of two, how our, our energetic turn into physical. So I had clients who had OCD, excessive compulsive, um, another client who had asthma, and we use different things like breath work to clear the asthma, um, hypnotherapy to clear the OCD, because these things are showing up on these physical levels, but they start off as energy, as stress, as sadness, as emotions that are unprocessed. I always like to say emotions are energy in motion. And so the energy or the emotion that's unprocessed turns into a physical experience in our lives. And so when we go back to the energy level through Reiki, through hypnotherapy, through these different healing modalities, breath work, that we're able to clear it from there. And then the clients are able to live life, you know, more happily without the asthma, without the OCD and um, without the trauma. How different do you think that each client is and the different things that they may need in order to clear things out? Or in, said in a different way, do you use the same technique for every person? So I definitely use the same techniques in a different order. It kind of depends. So I find that uh, so there's a, some clients come in and they're very caught in their stories. And so I can like they're in they're in their stories, you know, like they're and I also I often kind of think of it as the that they're very unconscious where it's like the mind is offering them information and they're still doing a lot of listening to their mind as opposed to actually thinking for themselves, which we think we're thinking, but we're actually not thinking we're listening to what our mind is offering us. So when I get those clients coming in and they're just kind of listening to what their mind is offering them, I can notice that when I'm saying things, they're then running it through what their mind is offering them about it. And so when we get into that space where I can tell a client is like, okay, they're still very much in their story. We'll do more talk therapy. We'll do more energetic stuff in terms of like when emotions are rising, I'm, I'm sort of like intuitively following in their body where they're feeling blocked or where they're feeling stuck and I'm getting them to speak from that emotional space. So we're doing a lot more like loosening things up because mm -hmm. they're still very tight in their story. And then once we get out of that space, it kind of like, uh, then I'll usually do like a Reiki to kind of clear that energy. And then we'll get into more, okay, now they're at, now they're believing in the healing. And so now we can get into the hypnosis. Now we can get into the inner child work because their stories have been loosened up. But some clients come in and they're like, I'm ready for the somatics. I'm ready for the energy. And then we'll go into a Reiki. We'll go into the body. But it kind of depends how they come into 
into the session or into the journey because some of them are ready for that already. And then some of them are like, no, 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 I'm still only believing what my mind is offering me. And so I have to loosen that up a little bit. Mm, I love your terminology. And so I'm just going to rehash some of the things that you said because you've talked about Reiki, which is the movement of energy. You've talked about breath work. You've mentioned that you talk out loud. I thought that was brilliant. I don't hear too many people say that, that they're affirming to themselves out loud or speaking to themselves out loud in such a way. So I like that you brought that into as a, a technique that people can try. Mm -hmm. So are, am, am I missing anything else? I'm sure I'm missing a couple. The, um, the, the, the hypnotherapy aspect of it too. Are there any other tools or techniques that you like to go over with your clients when they're on their own that they can do in case they start having those reoccurring thoughts come back up? Yes. So let me see what they can do on their own for reoccurring thoughts. So I, with the thoughts, it's always about the reprogramming for me. Um, the noticing of the thoughts. So I kind of go through like, so I have a mixture of life coaching as well. And so I always teach them situations, so like the circumstance, what you think about the circumstance is actually causing your feelings and your feelings are causing your, your actions and your actions are causing your results. So it's not the actual circumstance in and of itself, that's neutral. What you think about it is then causing this whole, your experience of it. And so if we can change what we think about something, we can mm -hmm. change how we feel about it, what we then do, and then what our results are. And so I teach clients to really notice, okay, this thing happened, whether I'm, you know, running late for work. What I think about that, oh, I'm an idiot or, or I'm, you know, what, how we talk to ourselves. Yeah. And then that causes us to feel something. And then we take action based on how we're feeling. And then our results always support the thought so then it's like oh see i was right i am an idiot but it's because i was thinking that that got me the result of that and so i teach them really how to look at if i think differently about how i the situation then i feel differently then i do something different then my result is different and so i, I really like them to know that because they'll just say like oh everybody thinks this way if they're late but no the way you're thinking about being late is what's causing your experience, not being late in and of itself. That's just an example. But that's one way I like my clients to see, oh, it's actually my thoughts about a thing, not the thing itself. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Because everybody has different perspectives and each situation people handle differently, right? One thing could be very tra traumatic for somebody where it doesn't phase another person. So it's absolutely uh, based on what we think and how we think. I love that you guide them through the process of that to really bring them to the awareness and acknowledgement of this is what's happening to my body and in my brain. Yes. And so that is a beautiful, connection. yeah, the connection between all of it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to go into our last commercial. And when we get back, I would love for you, if you're open to it, sharing a little bit about how you had your daughter, because I think there okay. is really a, a fun and cool, beautiful story there. Stay tuned. KimJacobsConsulting.com. You know, people say opportunity knocks on every door. Right. No. Opportunity stands by silently waiting for you to recognize it. So I want you to recognize that this is a time for you. This is an incredible time. 
to have your own talk show. It establishes a level of credibility. Yes. And by being exposed to people on a regular basis, it allows you to strategically begin to impact and attract your audience. She can take you in a place in yourself that you can't go by yourself. So go to Kim Jacobs consulting.com. That's Kim Jacobs consulting.com. Did I say Kim Jacobs consulting.com? Yes, you did. Very good. Make sure you go there and sign up for the coaching. And we're looking forward to working with you. You have something special. You have greatness within you. All right. So, um, you have this really incredible story of how you had your beautiful daughter. Would you love to share? I would. And I think this is also a great story on tuning into your body and advocating for yourself. Um, so like I was saying, I had my son when I was 19. So he's 15 now and my daughter's five. So there's a 10 year gap between the two of them. And we were, my husband and I were trying to get pregnant probably for like a couple years. And I kept going to my doctor. He kept going to his doctor and there was kind of this back and forth of like, you know, her doctor needs to give you the fertility um, referral. And then it was like his doctor needs to, and it was just this back and forth. And finally the, on the last attempt of finding out I wasn't pregnant, I was just frustrated. And I just said, send the referral. And so they sent the referral over to the clinic. We ended up figuring out that, um, it was actually on my husband's side where the infertility was happening, which was good information to have. And, and I, cause I was like, I have a baby, so I, I can be pregnant, but then we figured it was on my husband's side. And so they recommended IUI, which is interuterine insemination. And so here um, they do three rounds of that and they go to IVF, if that's sort of what you qualify for. Um, so we did the first round and they wanted us to take these medications and these um, all these pills. Um, and again, immediately I mm -hmm. took them and I had my first like anxiety attack. And I was like, this is not you know, working well with my body. So I just stopped taking it and started focusing on just like yoga and eating healthy and just keeping my body healthy. I just I knew my body was like, no, this, I can't have this. And so we did the first round of IUI and I was like, I'm pregnant. I felt, I, they said there was going to be a pinch when the egg and the um, sperm latch. And I was like, oh, I feel the pinch. I'm pregnant. And then wasn't pregnant. And I was like, what, what's happening? And then, so we did a second round, the same thing happened. And I was like, oh, I'm pregnant. And then wasn't pregnant. And then I noticed based on the timeline that that little pinch I was feeling in my body, I was like, so tuned into my body at that time, that little pinch I was feeling was actually my ovulation. And so we were just missing the ovulation window um, because we weren't timing it properly. And so I did some research um, and I presented a new plan to the doctor and I said, okay, so I'm, my ovulation is happening and we're missing it because by the time we do the IUI, it's, we're already missing it. So what we ended up doing, I presented to the doctor based on my research and based on tuning into my body was my, we were going to trigger my ovulation and then time the, um, insemination to match that. And then we did that. And then I got pregnant that, that time. And now my daughter is five and she is the most amazing little person ever. <laughs> so I'm glad it worked out in that way, but it was really just the craziest thing to feel the pinch of my ovulation and just notice that we were missing it and then to time that. Yeah, no, I, I really appreciate it. And I wanted you to share that story because you're exactly right, Chanel. It is 
when we are quiet enough and listen and tune in enough with our bodies, it speaks very loudly and so far deep internally. I mean, it is us, right? So of course we should be able to get to that and understand and feel and know what it is that's happening within us. Mm -hmm. Agreed. I completely agree. That was, I didn't, I remember not giving myself enough credit for that. And then I told them that story and they were like, that's crazy. <laughs> and I was like, is it? I don't know. But like, but no, they were like, that's like, you could help a lot of people like by telling them like, you know, that you can get that quiet and that still to feel that little pinch, that those little things that are happening in your body. Like we really can tune in, in that way. And it was just, I'm just so grateful that that happened that way. Cause my daughter is just amazing. Yeah. And you've got one of each, both sexes, which is incredible. That's always nice. Yes. Awesome. It is. Love them. <laughs> well, Chanel, it has been awesome to have you on the show. Thank you so much for sharing yourself. I enjoyed our interaction together and being able to relate so much. I appreciate you sharing that. I want to, again, let the audience know where to reach you. Your website is www.self-centered dot ca so check that out it is also in the description below and be sure to leave your comments in the comment section even most of you are going to be watching the replay of this you can still leave comments and we'll get back to you and so chanel thank you again do you have anything else that you want to share with our audience today um thank you so much for having me this was so fun and i would just say to Remember that on your healing journey, you will uncover a version of you inside that you are going to fall in love with. So I just want to say for anyone thinking about therapy, thinking about healing, any of those things, you will find that you love yourself. That's a beautiful message. And that is what we all need to come to because we are extraordinary beings. Yes, agreed. Awesome. Thank you so much, Chanel. And for everyone else, thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you next time. Bye.